Welcome to QSR Nation, your weekly dose of food service marketing tips and business strategies for success. Here's your hosts, Josh Anderson, Beth Oots, and Anthony Pierce from the PFS Brands National Headquarters. Hey everyone, welcome back to QSR Nation. As always, we have Josh, Beth, and Tony here from the PFS Brands National Headquarters in Holt Summit, Missouri, here to talk about food service marketing and business strategies for success. Once again, we welcome back Trevor Monig, the CFO of PFS Brands, and last week he talked to him about some um, ways to start implementing financial industry into your own business. Trevor, do you have any tools you want to talk about to get us going? Yeah, thanks for having me back this week. Uh, it's an interesting topic. I'm I'm rather passionate about it. So uh, if I get a little long-winded, just uh, just cut me off. Uh, but yeah, you know, tools with uh, financial literacy is quite interesting. And I, I think the key, going back to last week, is is really start simple. Uh, keep things uh, straightforward, not overly complicated. We don't need everyone to be accountants. I, I think that's what the big mis- misnomer in the room is, right? When we start, talk about right. financial literacy, we start thinking about accounting classes. And nobody wants to sit through an accounting class, trust me. <laughs> so, you know, keep it simple, talk very high level, and they don't – it's really the key points and identifying those key performance indicators or the key things in your deli uh, that you want everyone to focus on and engage uh, engage themselves to improve on. So uh, just jumping into some tools um, – you know, we love to create competitiveness, and people love uh, to be able to see scoreboards. Uh-huh. So I, I highly recommend creating some games. Uh, it really engages employees and, and create, create a scoreboard with some graphical representation of whether we're winning or losing. Uh, we've got scoreboards all around our office here. Uh, we, our goal is for everyone to know the score of the game at all times. You should be able to look at a scoreboard and know if you're winning or you're losing within two seconds. So um, it's pretty interesting when you start walking around and seeing scoreboards. How did we do yesterday? Uh, You know, what are we forecasting for tomorrow? Think ahead. I think that's another thing to to keep in mind is is don't just think about the historicals, but think ahead. Um, What do we want to be tomorrow and how are we going to get there? Right, and how how are we going to adjust? You know, if we we are losing right now, how are we going to adjust so that we can make that comeback? Everyone has that competitive nature. Even if they try and deny it, everyone always has to feel a little bit at competition. So I think games like that are fantastic. Yeah, I I think games are just such a great way to engage people, uh, employees, and anything, people in anything, right? People, I have not met anyone that doesn't like games. Mm -hmm. And so games are really draw people in for multiple reasons. Some people are very competitive. I'm a competitive person myself. Uh, I hadn't noticed. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little apparent. Uh, you know, some people aren't as competitive, but but they like to contribute. They want to be mm-hmm. part of a team. They like the camaraderie component of, of working together and, and uh, achieving success. Uh, you know, some people just flat out like to be challenged. And a game can create a challenge just to win, right? It's a little bit of that competitiveness, but um, it, it creates a challenge, and again, it engages people to perform at a higher level. And the last thing is, um, I, I'm shameless about this. I'll, I'll, I offer rewards all the time, yeah. and uh, people love rewards, right? That, people love it, whether it be a trophy at the end of the game, you know, game or season or whatever those things are, some medals. Um, a, a gift card goes a long way. 
uh, it's just a little prize. It doesn't have to be big. And uh, uh, we, we've got some games that we play in our fitness center here. And I, and I laugh with the fitness instructor that says, it's amazing what you've created for people to do just to win a sticker. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't take much. I mean, a sticker would go a long, long way with respect to that. So anyway, games. I, so back to the tool concept, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, games are a great way to do this. Um, one of a, a great resource that I highly recommend to everyone is a, is a book uh, by Mr. Jack Stack out of Springfield, Missouri called The Great Game of Business. Uh, it's a great read that talks a lot about uh, how to engage employees through open book management. And it's really a very common sense. When you, when you read the book, it's an easy read because it's really a lot of common sense. And, and it breaks things down very simply and shows how to uh, educate people on what they're doing. Uh, you know, keep track um, and, and see what the score is. Keep it in front of everybody at all times. And number three is is a stake in the outcome and, and offering a reward, right? Mm-hmm. Whether that be a sticker or a gift card or, or whatever that might be, those three pillars will lead to a lot of success. You know, we talk a lot about the great game of business. I feel like we should probably start doing a hashtag Jack Stack in every single one of our podcasts. <laughs> we refer to it so much, but we don't mean to be a broken record, but that's just something that we do follow here at PFS Brands, and it works. Um, you know, we're growing exponentially, it seems like, every single day, but just understanding all these terms. Um, so we're not trying to rub it in, but we really do have hashtag Jack Stack all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it fits, it fits perfect with this conversation because financial mm-hmm. literacy is one of the three pillars of the great game of business. And, you know, it goes into, to, we won't go into the whole book. I hope people do pick it up and read it. Uh, I think it'll take a lot from it. Um, but, you know, just taking some more basics out for you on, on how to, some tools to get going. Um, again, just, just some basic things, share information, measure it, and show some visual performance with that. It doesn't have to be a fancy scoreboard. It can be a simple graph. Right. How much? Uh, think of a bar graph of how many, how much sales we did today and in the last five days, and just keep tracking that and see where it's trending. Right. That visual makes it very easy to see if we had a good day or a bad day, and every day we want our employees to go away thinking, do we have a good day or a bad day? Uh-huh. And it should be simple to see. So that's our goal here. I know one thing that uh, I'm on your financial literacy committee, and one thing we've talked about and you've told me about is really the repetitive nature of all these games. You've got to be constantly repeating these things to people. You know they are because they are kind of you know arbitrary things to a lot of people. They really don't understand them. But once you start repeating it over and over again, it kind of sinks in eventually. I couldn't agree more. The We have to repeat, repeat, repeat. Think about we, how many times do they say, I don't know what the, I, I hear different numbers on how many times you have to hear something before it really sinks in, right? Exactly, yeah. But I would say with financial literacy, for, for people who aren't math people or, or accountants, if you will, you know, the that curve is even longer than normal. Mm-hmm. So you really need to talk about it over and over. Uh, it doesn't need to be every day, but, but it needs to be consistent. And it needs to be not only consistent in, in how often you do it, but consistent in the message that you're bringing. So again, I... I suggest that you focus on a few key items and start from there and then you can add complexity as people get up to speed and get comfortable with those concepts you know some of the things that uh, we've done here that have helped with that repetitive nature is we started with uh, trying to keep it simple uh, how it related to us and our personal incomes and kind of breaking down those you know personal income statements and that and then showing how that related to the business we did it with the flashcards so we could understand the term, the definition. Um, you did a great Steve Harvey uh, impersonation. <laughs> we had our financial uh, family feud games here. So I mean, you know, but it's it's always the same information, but just present a little differently each time to keep it fun and engaging. But re- repeat, 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 so that we we can learn it and understand it, and then actually truly uh, apply it. 
you, you said a key word there is fun. Uh-huh. Right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Make it fun. Keep it fun. And and really, it's a it's about having an open conversation at any given time. It, it doesn't have to be structured all the time. Mm-hmm. But if we've got an environment, a, a culture of learning, and and continuous improvement, uh, it's amazing what happens day over day and, and and month over month. You look back over time and see how far you've come. Uh, if we get those folks focused on learning. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and improving the daily operation, um, it, it, it really makes an impact to, to profitability. And you lose that nervousness. Anytime someone talks about accounting, you can see the just the, the glaze over the eyes of like, oh, no, I don't know these terms. How long has it been since I've actually had to use those terms? Um, but when you lose that nervousness, people just get more comfortable, and they're able to actually they feel more co- confident in having conversations about anything that's related to the business and especially the financial aspects mm-hmm. of it. It's been fun to do sessions, uh, financial literacy sessions, and again, we try to make those fun. And and again, just very open, like mm-hmm. you mentioned. Um, make it comfortable to ask questions, and it, it, it's so interesting because at the beginning of the sessions, you see everybody sitting back in their chairs. <laughs> um, uh, some people, they're fighting for the furthest chairs away, right? <laughs> and, and that's the natural instinct. But as you present things in an open manner, people get drawn in questions start to come out and, and even the person in the furthest back corner that didn't want to have anything to do with this starts to engage and get a little bit closer and start looking in. So it is all about creating an environment where it's comfortable to talk about these things. Well, and it's okay to be wrong. I mean, that's one of the biggest things is, you know, um, in some of our sessions, you, you've, you know, let it just get, what's the, what's the correct answer, choice A, B, or C? Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone kind of looking at each other, who's going to go first, you know? <laughs> and, you know, someone says A, and it's, well, I thought it was B. It's okay, well, you know, it, it's not A, this is Y. And we talk through it. It's not B, it's Y, it was actually C. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what was great is not only did, by not, you know, it being kind of a no, no, wrong, which I'm known for, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, not being that, that uh I guess we call it a, a confined structure, but more mm-hmm. of an open learning session as as to why it's not choice A or why it's not choice B. So we fully understand the educational process of how to decipher it and figure it out. It would be you know a great way to you know do that when you're having that in the stores. Just keep it nice, open, and easy. Yeah, I agree with that, and and I think rewarding participation. Yeah. Whether it's a right or a wrong answer, reward participation, and, and that's pretty easy. So uh, another tool here we use to communicate information and keep people in the know. Uh, I like that term, keep them in the know, right? Let them know what's going on across all aspects of the business as we get together for weekly and monthly huddles. And during those huddles, um, <clears throat> these guys know here, we've got gift, gift certificates and things to different area businesses as well as some lottery ticket type things. Mm-hmm. And so participation is rewarded through a lottery ticket or a gift card, something like that. Again, whether it be a right or wrong answer, they spoke up and, and really want everybody to feel comfortable in doing so. Uh-huh. So you talked about having huddles, and we do a lot of these weekly and then monthly. Um, I know some of us in the marketing department, we even have a daily huddle just to make sure we know what projects are on the forefront. Um, But how often do you really think that we need to have these refreshers, especially when it comes to the financial literacy terms and a lot of the fun stuff that you had talked about? How often do you recommend doing that? Yeah, I think you don't want to overwhelm people right at Mm -hmm. first, of course. So again, keep it simple early. Um, and, And you might start off on a uh, whatever information you're presenting, maybe, maybe on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. uh, just so you can kind of get that that consistency going. And they don't have to be long sessions. I think that's the other thing. It doesn't have to be an hour long. It can be five minutes, right? Just cover the heavy points and, and give people an opportunity to contribute and share their ideas. 
you, I, I think you really just have to find your own pattern. Um, yeah. So interesting here, right? We have a we have a monthly session with all employee owners here at PFS Brands. Uh, we've got weekly sessions to go over financial metrics with with a smaller group, but we share the information from there. Uh, through email to the entire organization. Mm-hmm. And then there's some groups, uh, you mentioned marketing, uh, our operations folks, they all have daily huddles, and that works right. for them. Uh-huh. In our accounting group, um, a daily huddle is overkill for us. So I think uh, you just need to find what works best for you. And again, it's all about creating the environment, that culture of learning and continuous improvement, that openness and that uh, being in the know, sharing of information uh-huh. that we're looking for. You know, it's funny, um, we had talked about, we have a, finan- or a franchise advisory committee here at PFS Brands, and uh, we had talked about open book management with several of those retailers, and it was hilarious just because one of the gentlemen there, we had talked about, you know, sharing all of our numbers, and he just, it's like he just stood back in his chair and looked at us like, why would you do that? And he just couldn't believe that there are other people out there that just share all their information. He said, I was born and I was raised, and, you know, my father who owned this company and my grandfather all said, we don't share any information. Your numbers are your business, and that's it. And after we told him about everything that we do here, just trying to share that information, um, I think we started to change his mind and be like, you know what, getting that information out there and giving every employee that I have a little bit of that ownership, knowing that this is what's going to impact the bottom line. Um, I think that he has really started to notice a huge difference. I would love to get a follow-up with him. Um, But, you know, just those little insights of just understanding, you know, everything doesn't have to be private. You don't have to put all that on your shoulders. And just letting every single one of your employees share that information and have a little bit more stake in the outcome, well, I promise you, will definitely raise your bottom line. You know, and those are great points. I mean, obviously, you know, personal private information such as payroll isn't shared. Um, but as far as the business, employees need to understand that, um, you know, 50 cents of every dollar isn't going into the owner's pocket. Uh, they need to understand what the cost of the insurance is. They need to understand what, how many insurance uh, policies there are, mm-hmm. you know, from workers' compensation to if there's vehicles involved to the structure, um, you know, all those different pieces, they're very, very important to helping them understand um, what impacts their being there that day. I mean, all these things have to happen so that they are, can be compensated through their regular paycheck. And by opening yourself up and, and allowing them to share in this, some of the greatest ideas are going to come from maybe the least likely source in your mind when you get that employee who surprises you and finds a way for you to all earn a little more money and create a better experience. My, how times have changed. (laughs) They certainly have. It's funny you say that because it it has been voodoo to share information historically. And it's a new age. It's a new age, folks, and and the Internet provides us everything. We can get information at our fingertips, and and we're used to having information. So when think about coming to an environment that you spend – uh, we spend more time here than we do at home, yeah. uh-huh. oftentimes, yeah. right? So uh, we're spending time here, and think about being here and not having information, right? We live in a world of information, mm-hmm. and I think it's um, it, it's important to embrace the future as it, as it goes that direction. You couldn't agree more. And uh, sorry, Beth, I totally forgot your story. You're it's tell. okay. Yeah, sorry about that. I feel bad now. That's all right, though. Um, I guess uh, Trevor, to wrap it up, can you um, any other tips you'd like to say about how helping your employees become more financially sound? Yeah, uh, you know, I'll just close with one, and and that's it. I, I love people. I love to see people be successful. I love to help them be successful. Uh, that's what we're all about here at PFS Brands. Uh, whether that be our employee owners, our wholesale partners, or our retail partners. So when I think about financial literacy, 
I love to see our employee owners take away information that not only applies to the business, but it actually applies to their personal lives as well, mm-hmm. right? All this financial literacy isn't just about a deli, right? right? It's not just about a wholesale distribution system. We really have our own income statements and balance sheets on a personal level. And if we can understand those and, and become more financially literate in our own worlds, um, whether someone's here until retirement or they find another opportunity that, that is good for them, um, I wish them the best and I certainly hope that they take on some of the things that they've learned here above and beyond, uh, you know, a little bit about the chicken business. Yeah. Right. <laughs> wow, great stuff, Trevor. Thanks so much for coming in and talking to us again. Um, you guys got anything to add to that? I'll just have fun out there and don't be afraid to share. And if you have any questions for Trevor or any of us, please reach out to us at mdf at pfsbrands.com and we will get back to you quickly. So that's a wrap for this week. Um, for Josh, Beth, and Tony, we'll talk to you soon. Stop by next week for another QSR Nation episode or visit pfsbrands.com.